Ah, here's Dr. D and Brother T again, sitting with our cups of coffee. That means it is Let's Get Spiritual Podcast time. Hey, Brother T. Hey, hope you had a good week. I have had an eventful week. <laughs> I would, I will admit that I have had an eventful week. Spend a lot of time in the doctor, and uh, but I am on the mend. It is not for sissies to get older. No, it's not. No, it's not. I'm, I'm just watching you. And you know, <laughs> do not take my path. <laughs> but I've been, uh, I've been thrilled. I've been, uh, you know, my my desire has been, brother Tita, after leaving the full time ministry to be able to speak, and it's really. It's really been interesting. I ask God for two opportunities per month, and mm-hmm. and, and particularly this year, mm-hmm. you know, I'm already booked for March. Now looking into April, that sort of thing. Oh, so wow. I'm I'm excited about how that's turning out. Right, right, right. That's exciting. Just got to baptize my grandson oh, last Sunday morning man. and preach at my at my uh, pastorate for thirty years, right, and right. that was only the second time since I've been gone. Mm-hmm. Had a great time there. So uh, yeah, all that's good. But I've been doing all that kind of under a little. A little health issue, but it mm-hmm. is uh, due to medication and the good Lord above. It's it's being dealt with. Amen. And I, I've truly been praying for you. I brother. thank you, man. You know, I, I pray for you and your family. I know you pray for me and my family. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got a handful of friends who were peers when I was in the ministry full time who are still good friends that I right. pray for on a regular basis. You're mm-hmm. right there at the top of the list. At the top. Yes, sir. Number one. Mm-hmm. Uno. Numero uno. All right. Uh, so this week's subject, Brother T, is uh, I don't know. We, we don't have go by any pattern when it comes to the subject matter. Right. The whole idea of let's get spiritual is we're created in the image of God. Mm-hmm. We're created spiritual beings. Mm-hmm. Then everything that we touch, do, talk about, eat, whatever. Right. Is a, now I still want to do that week, does it peanut butter? Yeah, <laughs> I think that'd be a popular podcast. Maybe, maybe the most popular. <laughs> we, I think we're going to have to go on YouTube for that one. We have been requested to be on YouTube, by the way. Oh, so, wow. okay. if I were smarter and had some assistance, right, right. I would do that. But I don't. I neither have intelligence nor an assistant, so we're not going to YouTube. But you know, I, I want to sit down and take peanut butter and slather it on things and mm. add something to it mm-hmm. and ask. Can it peanut butter? Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. So you know, you could join me in that, and mm-hmm. we could uh, mm-hmm. we could kind of uh, compare notes. We could, we could. Yeah, you, you up for it? Yeah. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not, sir. Ah, uh, that might be a solo video. <laughs> but anyway, we don't really go by. We, we, Sit around and actually and just talk and, right. and, and think. This has been an interesting subject. Maybe we're something people will be interested in because all things are spiritual. Right. Today is the idea of superstitions or fate or and right. fate. Right. You know, it, it and when you get to talking about it, Brother T, it's really more prevalent than what you might mm-hmm. think. It is, knock on wood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a oh man, that right there is yeah. when I studied the you know, the oh, whole yeah. wood yeah, thing. Yeah, knock yeah, on yeah, wood. Yeah. Waking the gods. Right. Why don't you define superstition for us? A superstition wrecks the entomology of the word, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is a really difficult word to get to the bottom of. Okay. But the first part of superstition is easy. Super, a superstructure on a boat is always something that's above the waterline, superstructure. Okay. So supernatural is anything that's above the natural, beyond mm-hmm. the natural. So mm-hmm. we know that word right away. But the second part of that word, even people who study Word origins has a hard time, but means something like to be above or to stand above, okay. uh, to to be existent. And so, really, the best thing that we can say is a superstition is something that looms large above other things. Okay, 
Well, I, I went to Webster. You yeah. Know, and uh, he's the boring. Ominous, he <laughs> he's is. boring. Listen to the boring. Go ahead. Let me hear the boring the, Webster. The, the ominous significance of a particular thing. I, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> but it, it sounds impressive. <laughs> it does sound impressive. So if I were to say that uh-huh. without you knowing the definition, would you immediately come back and say that, oh, that's superstition? No, I would have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I would think, I would think that'd, be, that'd be a large SUV. <laughs> No, that kind of describes a large SUV to me. That's why I love your definition better. Yeah, we're going to go with mine. I'm yeah, a wordsmith. That's what you I always are. said over the you years. Are. I'm a wordsmith. Right. So yes. I can I can create words, and I just did. <laughs> <laughs> so superstition, anything that is above other things that tends to take precedent over mm-hmm. the way we think about something. So here's the first question. Is there any basis in that? Really, truth, is there a, a valid reason to act upon superstitions? I don't think there's a biblical reason, but we were chatting before we started recording, and I was very intrigued by your take on that. (laughs) Are you tossing the ball into my court again? I would never do that. Never do that. I've got to tell you, my wife listens to these, and she says she laughs all the way up and down the highway. She said, I can always tell. I can see see Brother T's face when he says something. He's going, why don't you handle this first? <laughs> then I'll piggyback that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, I don't yeah. mind commentary after okay. after I right. uh, talk about. I think I think in the actuality, there's no validity in believing something that is superstitious. But I do believe that yeah, there, and that's what I just said. But go ahead. The yeah. superstition <laughs> can be based upon reality, particularly with your psychological makeup, right? And um, I was giving you an example before, and I think it's kind of humorous, but mm-hmm. I'll never forget this. Grew up dirt poor, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, the four of us lived in a very small home, which thankfully my dad built. Mm-hmm. You build our little house, two bedroom, one bathroom, you know, just mm-hmm. your typical little box, right. salt box house. Right, right. And so we shared this one bathroom. But the funny thing is, uh, this bathroom, it, if if I had a 33-inch sleeve instead of a 31-inch sleeve, this would be true. <laughs> But you can sit on the toilet, open the door, brush your teeth, and take a bath at the same time without ever moving. (laughs) It was tiny. It was smaller than a closet. And uh, honestly, two people could not be in there at the same time. One person couldn't be brushing their teeth. Because we had lots of fights about Mm -hmm. that over the years. And but on the floor, on the small floor that we had, was a linoleum floor, right? And it was a checkerboard pattern. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, as a child, when I walked into that bathroom, I made sure I didn't walk a certain pattern on those fi- tiles mm. because I believed something would come in there and get me. <laughs> I really did. I thought if I walk incorrectly on this, I'm gonna sit down, and I'm gonna be. It's gonna be a Jurassic Park thing. <laughs> Something is going to come snatch me off the john and eat me. <laughs> and I could not get that out of my head. So that oh, yeah. that was psychological. It was, it was a superstition, but mm-hmm. it's not one that anyone else shared. Right. <laughs> well, maybe they did. I didn't ask. I, yeah, I did not share that. But that's true. But it has really no basis in anything except for in your psyche. It was right? in my mind. Right. A lot of superstitions... I'm saying they have validity because they're rooted in your mind, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and you act accordingly. Right. That's what I mean. When I don't think there is some truth sitting out there right. yes. that we all have to respond to because if we don't, then there's a negative thing that's going to happen. Okay, okay, yeah, that's that's where I'm landing on that as well. So let me just say, here's why I say it's subjective, not objective. Okay. 
Yeah. Okay. It's inside yeah. of me, not what everyone can look at and right. see as right. to be a trick. Yes. Yes. Is yes. that how you feel? That's exactly how I feel. <laughs> Just nod. <laughs> <laughs> Throw out some superstitions there. <clears throat> okay. What, what about uh, breaking a mirror? Ah, okay. That's breaking a, a mirror. One. Well, and here's where it comes from. I, I, this is not from my seminary education or Bible college <laughs> or undergraduate or anything else. I just looked it up, okay? Right. Uh-huh. <clears throat> but ancient philosophers were called mirror seers, some mm-hmm. of them. It's a, it's a term called scrying. Remember when, uh, what was it, Cinderella, when the, wick, the wicked witch would look into the mirror? Who was it that said, the queen, is there anybody in the kingdom more fair than I or more beautiful than I. I'm the, drawing a blank. The reason why you don't, you're not a big Disney <laughs> no, no, princess no, fan. No. Well, by looking into that mirror mm-hmm. and the mirror speaking back, back okay. would say, well, you're the second, but Cinderella's the prettiest. Oh, okay. That okay. One. Or it's Snow White. It's yeah, one of those. It's one of those. Um, but that was scrying. Ah. And scrying is when we look at a reflective surface. Mm-hmm. And like when a witch at Halloween, when we talk about her stirring her brew, they usually weren't making a potion or a brew. Mm-hmm. They're actually disturbing the surface of the water, okay. which is a reflective surface to read the future. Ah, very good. Scrying. Ah. It's a very interesting subject, I think. Ah. There's books written on it. Wow. Well, the same thing. Looking in that mirror was a way of interacting with the supernatural. Hmm. And so if a person was uh, unlucky enough to break that mirror, it it, it kind of uh, cut that connection with the divine, mm. and thus tick them off, tick okay. the, the the whatever entity that is that you are conversing with, and you do not want to break that mirror. Then, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. So it had all right. That's where that came from. And it also you okay. can get cut. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the practical application, but that that's not <laughs> where it comes from. Yeah, and the one I started with, knock on wood. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure that you have looked at that one too. Uh, when I looked at that, I think they thought the spirits lived in wood. Is that what I remember? Yes, spirits lived in wood, and if you were, if you wanted those spirits to speak to you or to pay attention to you, you would knock on the wood. Right. Right. Okay. All right. And then where I grew up, East Lake, East Lake Elementary, we would always say. Step on a crack and break your mama's back. I want to know where that one comes from. Yeah, do yeah. You, do you know? Well, what I read is that the they felt like that the crack led to the underworld, and the spirits, the demons, the devil would come up through the crack, and and that's the only that's as far as I got. Yeah, because I, I understand that part. I just could never understand the reason why they would didn't take it out in your mama's I know back. <laughs> why, why would they break your back? Poor poor mom. <laughs> I think it didn't rhyme as well and break my back. Ma, you needed a two-syllable word yeah, at mama's well, back. Well, well, we always had those mama jokes anyway. You know, so. What about walking under a ladder? Yeah, yeah. Pythagoras. Right. Uh, he's with the Pythagorean theory, you mm-hmm. know, whole about whole mm-hmm. thing about um, triangles. Right, right. And uh, so it, if you took an old ladder, not the modern kind of ladders that stand there in the middle of the room, the mm-hmm. old ladders that you had to lean against a wall. Mm-hmm. When you lean a ladder against the wall, you create a triangle. Mm. Whatever you lean it against right, one wall, right. the earth, and then that. And he also believed that that his theory of the cosmos was a base, basically a mathematic theory. And those three sides of the triangle created that it was a universal number because three connected mm-hmm. two two doesn't connect mm-hmm. three is the first thing that connects and so he, he considered that to be kind of a divine thing and that when you walk through that like once almost like breaking the mirror it, it's almost sacrilegious to break that 
that unity, that connection by ah. walking through the triangle, right. which was a mystic thing okay. to him. And, that, okay. and it was picked up walking in. And then once again, somebody dropped a paint can on somebody's head as they walked underneath them and said, man, <laughs> yeah. you, that's a true thing. That's yeah. a, I should be weary of walking under ladders. Well, I'm weary of getting on a ladder and standing on a ladder. That's <laughs> two times I've yeah. ended up at the ER. And yeah, so yeah, yeah. You, yeah that, that's a whole different subject. It is a whole. It's, but yeah. you not you end up under the ladder. You didn't right. start under the that's ladder. True. You end up <laughs> under the ladder. Rabbit's foot, four leaf clover, candles on birthday cakes, blowing them out in one. You get your wish and all that kind I'm of not, stuff. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? I, I always thought about the rabbit's foot. It's lucky for everybody but the rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was obviously not a lucky omen for the rabbit. And then if a black cat walks in front of you, oh my. You know, you know what? I guess that one's the one that every once in a while that happens. It just I get oh I went, yeah, oh yeah, I yeah, need to look yeah. around oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting because the Egyptians used to worship. The yeah, cat. they've got those beautiful yeah, tall black yeah. cats that I've they carved. Egypt and I've seen those things. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. But evidently, a pope decided that the black cat. Now, this is what I read: the black cat um, was uh, devilish or demonic, mm-hmm. and ever since that point. Uh, it's just gotten more and more that if a black cat walked in front of you, yeah. uh, that it was not good. Well, witches do believe that they have familiars, and uh, mm-hmm. oftentimes those familiars are things like a raven, right, because it's black, yeah, or a yes. cat right. because it's black. Being the dark magic of the dark, you know, order mm-hmm. that <clears throat> then if you saw a black cat crossing your path, it may be headed your direction, mm, okay. thus been sent to do you some harm. So yeah. there, there's some uh, superstitious belief definitely involved right. in the black cat. Well, the number 13. Uh, I know on the island of Jamaica where I've been many times, and you've been as well, mm-hmm. um, down the E block of Morant Bay where we stay. Right. Uh, they have room 10, 11, 12, and then 12B, no 13, and it'll go to 14. Yeah. You know, and you mentioned that high rises. High rises, they yeah. skip 13 because they think they can't rent those rooms right. on yeah. 13. Just, and I, I really don't know much. I did try to study it because I know that's one of the most common uh, superstitions that we mm-hmm. have. I could not find anything that I understood. I, I read where people said some of those things, but I didn't understand right. that. Right. The only thing that I could see where 12 was like a complete number, you know, in Scripture, and then 13 added one to it, I, and I didn't really even understand that either. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I, but somewhere along the line, it, yeah, it, it came to be. That. Yeah. But I, in other lands, four is uh, is that type of number, or nine yeah. is that type of number. So, uh, You know, witches who, we're back on the subject witches again, but... The 31st of October, you know, mm-hmm. is the day that they believe that the veil is the thinnest between the living and the dead. Mm-hmm. But they also have a celebration on the 13th, the, which is the reverse of 31. Ah. So I, it may have something to do okay. with that as well. Okay, but I did not know that. Now, you know, I did. Yeah. I wrote a book on on, mm-hmm. on spiritual yeah. things Excellent like that. Book. Yes. Um, so anyway, I, I, I loved to think and study about superstitions because I think the one that I think is more prevalent or current today is uh, on social media. (laughs) You brought this up and I did not even pick it up, but it's perfect. What is it? What, Share this. Uh, if you don't share this, you're going to break the chain. You're going to break the blessing. Yeah. You know, you don't love Jesus if you don't share this. And and uh, I, I just shake my head and think, where where, where does that say that uh, in Scripture? You yeah. Know? And, uh, and you probably can't find it. I can't find it. No, you know, before that, uh, are you old enough to remember chain letters? 
Uh, yes. It's the yeah. same deal. Yes, true. You'd get a chain letter in the mm-hmm. mail, and you'd read the same thing, and it said, you got to pass this on. If you mm-hmm. don't, either something is going to happen to you or, right. I mean, and, and it kind of sent a cold chill. As a kid, it mm-hmm. did when we mm-hmm. get those things. And now mm-hmm. that is just a superstition that has been kind of transformed, right. grown right. up mm-hmm. into the uh, internet. Yes. Well, do you think that there's a... There are superstitions in the Bible. You know, both of us have degrees in the Bible. and uh, It's something that I don't think ever was brought up in a classroom that I was ever in. I know it was. <laughs> yeah, you, you, went know. To, you went to those schools that were just really boring. <laughs> were you just one Greek, these Hebrew? <laughs> I don't think one of the podcasts we've done so far I know, has been brought I know, up. I do love that. I do love that. In the seminary where I went. But, uh, you know, the one I thought of, Dr. D, was the... Um, the statue, the shrine to the unknown god. Yeah, uh, Book of Acts. Yes, yeah. and um, a philosopher from Crete uh, told the Athenians that the reason that they were having so many problems is because they were not sacrificing. They had left a god out, and so if I remember the story correctly, he had a herd of sheep, um, and he let them go, and told the Athenians wherever the sheep laid down. The closest god statue, you know, would be the main god. But then the sheep began to go to areas where there are no shrines around. Mm. And so they started calling them, well, that must be an unknown god. That's the one that we don't know about. And so they erected a statue to the unknown god. Do we know anything about what that statue looked like? No, was it, it's, was it's just, unknown. Was it just a block of I don't know. marble? That's a great question. How do you carve something you don't know what it looks yeah, like? Yeah, that is a great question. I've, you know, I've not been to Athens. Maybe yeah. you have. But. Uh, four times. Yeah, I've been what, there four times. Is there a spot where that thing stood? or uh, There is a spot where it stood. I don't remember what it looked like. I, I just remember reading the passage of Scripture where right. Paul you know, shared there um, with those folks. And it was an interesting story. That is an interesting story, and, and uh, it is very superstitious. It is superstitious. <laughs> <laughs> well, what did you come up with, my brother? Well, I was thinking... Uh, there's some things in the Old Testament that are kind of iffy about it, but I know there's two New Testament instances that I would call superstition. John mm-hmm. 5, 4 uh, is a story, John 5, but the particular verse 4, where Jesus comes upon uh, the pool at the Sheep Gate there in Jerusalem. It's called the Pool of Bethesda. Right. It's a large colonnaded uh, pool where many, many, many people were, I love what the King James says, the lame, halt, and withered mm. were laid, mm-hmm. the people who had all kinds of physical mm-hmm. conditions. And they believed that at a certain time, an angel would come down and trouble the water. Mm -hmm. And if you happened to be the first person in the water after the angel troubled the water, Mm -hmm. that you would be healed. Right. right. That's that person who's laying there that Jesus approaches said, Mm -hmm. I don't have anybody to help me. Mm. And I miss out every time because I'm slower than Mm -hmm. everyone else. And I just can't get this healing. Yes. So I think that the story there in John 5 is... uh, I think it's probably Jesus confronting the religious superstitions of the day. Yeah, I, I see that. I think that's right. So, I agree with that completely. Uh, that's one of the superstitions. Mm-hmm. The, the other one coming in John 9, particularly verse 2, when Jesus is walking with his disciples, they come home with a blind man who's sitting at the side of the street begging, and um, they, they want to use him as an object lesson. Mm. So they ask Jesus, Hey, Jesus, who sinned? This man or his parents. Yes. And because there was a, a religious thought, which mm-hmm. goes above and beyond what Scripture teaches, mm-hmm. 
and said, um, it may have come from the tradition of the elders, I'm not sure, I don't know all of those, there's many of them, but it says that if a person is born with such a problem, or even if it happens later in life, it is because of an action of someone. Mm -hmm. It's like God showing their displeasure toward them. So they just want to know. Now, for for future reference, Jesus, Mm. it's kind of really, to me, kind of dispassionate toward this guy. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about you in front of you. Mm -hmm. Was it his parents who were bad people, or is he just a bad guy? Right, right, right. I I remember one commentary that I read, I love this, was it parental or prenatal? That's the way they put it. That's good. And I'd mentioned to you before we started recording uh, that, you know, my youngest son has Down syndrome. Mm -hmm. We call it Up syndrome, a little scooter. And um, when he was born 27 years ago, Dr. D, we actually had, uh, I know one, I think two people that actually walked up to me and said, um, your, your wife or you are in sin uh, because your son was born with Down syndrome. What a blessing. And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A Baptist. It was a Baptist yeah, individual. Yeah, yeah, come on now. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and it was everything, honestly, that I, I had within me not to dot their I. Yep. In, in Jesus' name. Yeah, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus yes. overturned the tables. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. <laughs> if I had heard, a whip, you I could have overturned <laughs> two individuals. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but that, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good uh, word there in John 9. So I, I think there are certain, I think there's some others, and, and I'm not going to get into them, but coming to mind, there's something about if a sheep is solid white or if a sheep has spots, yeah, you yeah. know, there's, mm-hmm. it's some right. sign of something mm-hmm. at the time. Then there was a, the thought, I don't know why these are coming to mind now with you mm-hmm. and I talking about, but that's how I used to do sermons. Mm-hmm. I'd bring one of my staff members in and say, I'm, I'm stuck. Let's mm-hmm. talk about this. Right. Wasn't there a seventh son of a seventh son? thought yeah. that a person had then powers if they were the seventh son of a seventh son. Okay. So that, yeah. I remember the seven sons of Sceva mm-hmm. in, in Acts. So. Right. Uh, anyway, so I think there are plenty instances mm-hmm. in there that doesn't validate that they are true. It just means mm-hmm. that people have always dealt with this sort of thing. And, and one, of the, one of the things I think that we can include with uh, superstition is the idea of fate. Mm-hmm. And that is fate saying whatever will be will be. Mm. Que sera sera. Yeah. Right? Good sing old. it for me, my brother. I can sing it. We <laughs> sing it in elementary school glee club, man. I know the words of that song as well as ex, what is it? Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. <laughs> if you say it fast enough, it can be quite atrocious. Oh, my I soul. know that, man. I, I sang that. Impressed. I sang uh, Good Man Charlie Brown. Really? You sing, you're a yeah. good man, Charlie Brown. Huh. You so, were in the glee club? I was in the glee club. I did not know that. Our music teacher taught the glee club as well, Miss mm-hmm. Ellen and uh, Miss Ellen. If you missed a note, I ain't lying. Or if you if you got a line and she said in front of the class, you know, with the piano, the mm-hmm. old upright piano. Mm-hmm. She is your she was also the the Baptist church's banana player <laughs> as well. And if you got a line, which I had a tendency to do in music class, uh, she would bring you up in front of the class. She had a, a, a yardstick. Okay. You would hold the back of your hand out, oh. man, and she would waylay you. Oh, I'm having flesh. <laughs> and um, I have, you know, so every time I listen to one of those songs, you know, mm-hmm. Supercalifragically, mm-hmm. or, or any of those, I kind of wince. <laughs> I say, it's like Pavlov's dog. When that bell <laughs> rings, I salivate. When when I hear those songs, I, you know, oh gosh, that's so good, uh, Brother T, because here's this, I don't know if it's superstition, but uh-huh. I was 
I'd just become a Christian late teens okay. when The Exorcist came out. Ooh. But I've always been so fascinated with the supernatural. I had to go. So me and my buddy sat in a, a Eastgate parking lot in dire cold weather, building fires in the parking lot. Because oh we had to wait through one whole viewing mm-hmm. to get in because we wouldn't get tickets. It was selling mm-hmm. out every time. And uh, saw the movie. Why didn't you get them on Fandango? Yeah, right. <laughs> we still had dial-up telephones, ah, okay. and so you couldn't even do it on the telephone. There was no punch button. Punch this button if you want to speak in English. <laughs> it was none of that. So we got in there. It mm-hmm. scared the living daylights out of me. And there was a mute. There was a song that was the theme song called Tubular Bells. Mm. Well, Tubular Bells became a hit on the radio. Right. That tubular bell song came on the radio i had to turn it off mm. i had to turn it off mm. because that that girl linda blair's face okay which become very unsightly okay demonic would, right. would i mean i would lay in bed and her face would be six inches from my face every night it oh, was man. it was that song associated with her now that's what i'm talking about that was mm-hmm. subjective to mm-hmm. me that was happening mm-hmm. in my mind but i had to stay away from that song mm-hmm Sad thing was, if I remember correctly, I worked in the mall at a record store. Right. And we played music all the time. And so you'd play the top 10, top 20, top 40, whatever. Yeah. Tubular Bells. Tubular Bells. Listen to it sometimes. <laughs> Wasn't that a long song? Wasn't it? it was, if it was five seconds, it was too long <laughs> to me. <laughs> I don't remember how long it was. I mean, it wasn't in the God of Davida or anything like that, which was like 17 minutes right. or Stairway okay. to Heaven, the yeah, long version. Yeah, yeah. But it was, all it was, I mean, it was mostly tubular bells. Mm. It was bells. It was a Roman Catholic kind of druid. Right. Why do I thing. feel like we're going to have to have a counseling session after we Yeah, yeah. And you've stopped. got a staff yeah. meeting to go to, yeah, and I'm going I'm to grovel. <laughs> Because I will be looking to see how I step out of here that I don't step on a crack. Or... Eating you off the john. And, yeah, yeah. This is. I'm weird. telling you, okay, I yeah, had the okay. weird upbringing. You did. <laughs> so, anyway, what were we talking about? We're talking about fate. Yeah. And I got a definition of something that is unavoidable that befalls a person, or something that is outside your control yes. that makes things happen. That, yes. That's what. Uh, that's that's. I think it's a perfect description. Uh-huh. Uh, the idea of where it comes from. I thought this was fascinating was uh, the fates, mm-hmm. plural, were three old hags mm-hmm. in Roman mythology uh, who shared an eye. Okay. They, would, they would pass the eye to each other when it was their time to do the thing. One was in charge of the needle that created the clothing. Uh, and, and I'll explain what I'm talking about here. Just, they created the clothing. The second one was took them that clothing from that and assigned it mm-hmm. to a person and then handed off to the third who was the following. And I think the way it would describe it, that they would cut the thread, that, right. that they would take that clothing away from you. And you can see the analogy there is being born, living, and dying. Mm. And these three old hags had the responsibility of determining when that happened Mm -hmm. and so that ended up being your fate right the fates and sometimes people do say if the fates allow or if Mm -hmm. the fate allow Mm -hmm. either way but that's the whole idea of someone beyond yourself controlling not only uh the time of your birth but how you live and when you die Mm -hmm. as well your destiny your destiny is the perfect word that kind of stuff But, but we make choices every day we do. You know, and uh, I mean, Adam and Eve made a choice uh, many, many years ago. Joshua says, choose this day whom you are going to serve. Yes. But we make choices all the time. You we know? do. That affect our life. Right, exactly. Uh, I came out of uh, a poor neighborhood, as I said, um, and 
a lot of the folks that came out of our neighborhood never had the great opportunities that I was provided. Mm-hmm. That I've traveled the world mm-hmm. and um, it's an incredible life. And I guarantee you, I am no better person than any other person. I'm quite sure some of those guys and gals were much better as far as character and everything mm-hmm. than I was. But for some reason, and now this might be beyond myself, I don't know, I made some some decisions that they didn't make. I made a decision to be educated. Right. Some others decided not to be educated. Mm-hmm. And I made a decision to follow Christ. Now, I was called, I believe, by the Holy Spirit to follow Christ. Mm-hmm. But in my opinion, they were too. Yeah. Right? And so I think that there's these crossroads all through your life where maybe forks in the road is a better way to look at right. than a crossroad. That the more you take, you know, the the more in one direction... That you go, you can't take, and, I, and see a lot of people say, "Well, you're taking credit for." No, you're really not taking credit for. I don't know what's going to happen when you take that fork, but you mm-hmm. made a decision mm-hmm. to take that fork in the road, mm-hmm. and I think that yeah, we are free will agents, and we have right. the opportunity right. to make decisions, and hopefully, if we come to a place where uh, we are less uncertain about the direction we should go, that's why we pray. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, that's very good. We need to tap into some knowledge beyond ourselves. Right. I mean, you mentioned travel. All of us have the opportunity to travel um, if, if you can if you can afford to do that. Yeah. And that, that's the fork in the road. Maybe you took a fork where you can't afford it. Yeah. But even beyond that, Dr. D., there are those that will not get on an airplane. That's true. You know, there are those. I have, I have actually in my ministry... Um, said, I will give you a free trip to Jamaica. I want you to come and preach. Would you come and preach? I've got a church laid out for you, uh, but they will not get on an airplane. Yeah. Even for that short flight, because yeah, that is a short, very short flight. flight. You yeah. know, two hours, th- 38 yeah. minutes, something like that. Yeah. And or uh, and, but they won't do that, you know. So they make that choice and and they lose out on on that type of ministry. That's really true. Taking that step. By the way, those trips to Jamaica, do you, the flight is nothing. The bus ride to Morant Bay <laughs> is horrifying. From Kingston to Morant Bay oh, is horrifying. Are you oh, oh my goodness! I couldn't straighten up for a month. Well, well then dodging potholes. <laughs> And cows <laughs> yeah. and dogs and goats. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. It's it's an interesting it's little an ride. It's an interesting little ride right. from there. The flight is nothing. <laughs> <laughs> this flight's like going to the Bahamas, but that's the rest of it is uh, uh, right. just that's just a personal word testimony. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. So yeah, I, the whole idea of the decisions that we make, the places mm. that we go, I think um that we can either tap into what the Bible says, if any person lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. He'll give it to him bountifully, plentifully, right. and without reproach, That's right? Good. So uh, it's not like we're just standing out there like a ball lost in high weeds. Mm. We we can get direction. God's willing to give us direction. So many other people, though, who don't have faith will turn to other things, astrology, mm horoscopes, mm-hmm. soothsayers, divination, mm-hmm. chance, fate, Pop whatever it is, and go all those directions blindly. And I think that's why so many people end up in bad situations. I agree. I completely agree, yes. So I think I think the, for another reason, you ought to pray for that reason, mm-hmm. just, just to make good decisions mm-hmm. in your life. So I admitted to you that I've in the past had superstitious tendencies. Do you think it's harmful? Is it sinful? Is it? There's a difference between being harmful and sinful. Well, you know, uh, the Bible says in First Timothy four seven, 
uh, to reject profane and old wives' fables. Yeah. And exercise yourself toward godliness. And, and then also, uh, one of my favorite passages, one that everyone quotes from time to time, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, to trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Yes. You know, and lean not into your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. And so, and none of that is that we should lend our ear to superstitions, you know. And so that's what I would say. Yeah. Um, and I would say that some can be, uh, could be harmful. Um, you know, definitely horoscopes, uh, things like that are not very not very good and right. scripture even says to stay away from that stuff which boards know? right exactly you know uh, give no regard to medi- mediums and familiar spirits and things like that in leviticus 19:31 yeah so i think we as believers are to line our lives up with scripture yeah i think that i i, I agree with you totally and i would come at it from this perspective that if we go back to the the basis of the word superstition and that it's something that is up over and above, that's standing over and above other things, that that to me, I don't know, I get a word picture of an idol that's mm. over and above everything that right. you're to turn to for wisdom, turn mm-hmm. to for whatever. And the Bible says that you have no other gods before him, that, right. that God's a jealous God and that he doesn't want you to be turning to somewhere else or someone else for direction. So I think the sinfulness of superstitions would be if you allow superstitions to direct your life and neglect turning to him mm-hmm. for not just advice, but direction. I think there's also a difference between advice yeah. and, and direction where mm-hmm. God says, Oh yeah, if I were you, I'd do this. Mm-hmm. Or when he goes, you should go in this way. This mm-hmm. is the direction that you go. This is the direction of your life. Right. And right. So I, I think it could be sinful in that if you held superstition up to the level where it was greater than wisdom found in the Bible mm-hmm. or greater than the Spirit speaking in your life mm-hmm. or greater than answers that you receive in prayer, yes. I think then it becomes both harmful and sinful. Yeah, I agree. Yes, I, I agree with that. I think that's good. Um, are you superstitious? I, you know, and this is where I just, I, sometimes. Yes. And I, I, and I think it comes with being human. Uh-huh. There, uh-huh. You know, we begin to associate some things. And some of them are, uh, you know, like I'm a turkey hunter. Mm-hmm. I love, right here, standing beside us is a huge turkey yeah, that yeah. I killed in gobble, the woods. Gobble, gobble. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's about that time of year, so I'm thinking about it. The, I don't, there's certain things when I get out of the truck in the morning uh-huh. that I make sure I, I get out of this, get my gun out of this side of the truck, or I don't load my gun until I get to this place. Right. And what's happening is, I've had some success and lots of failures as a turkey hunter, mm-hmm. and it begins to pattern in your mind. Mm. I did this when this worked, mm-hmm. okay. and and they become superstitions. It's like a pitcher. Have you seen guys who play baseball mm-hmm. who, when they come to the where they're coming from the first base side mm-hmm. or the third base side, they'll either step on the line or they'll jump over the line. Right. Right. Yes. And it's because in the past, when they had a good game, they remembered, I scuffed that line right there, mm-hmm. so I'm going to scuff that line again mm-hmm. so I'll have a good game. Mm-hmm. So we condition ourselves mm-hmm. as human beings mm-hmm. to be superstitious. Yeah, a basketball player that bounces at the free throw line a certain That's way right. every time. Every time, yeah. three times, right. five right. times, yes. one time. Right. And exactly. you can tell that person because... Mm-hmm. They've had success in the past, and they'll justify that as saying, "Well, I'm in this rhythm. Mm-hmm. This is something." And I even think some sport coaches, you know, some of those 
the guys that deal with their minds, mm-hmm. get them in those patterns, and mm-hmm. that becomes a superstition. Right. I'm not going to wash them. my socks if I won a game. That's, That's right. right. Yeah. 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 So you need to lose yeah. occasionally just so <laughs> you can have friends. <laughs> you know, I thought about it. Dr. D, I thought about this question. And, you know, I initially said, no, I'm not really that superstitious. I'm more OCD. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a great deal of the, I think similarity. I do. You know, back when I used to sit on the stage at White Oak, where I pastor White Oak Baptist. Don't you miss those days when uh, you sit up there like, you know, presiding <laughs> over something. Back when I used to, there was a little table there that I put my Bible on. And uh, and I didn't realize I did it, but evidently I had to have my Bible, I mean, exactly where the edge is. It's on the very edge. And evidently I touched that several times to make sure, you know, so there must have been something there uh, that maybe I preach really well yeah. when that Bible is, is flat and, and on the edge and, you know. Uh, and I didn't realize I did it until folks begin to point People that would out. point that out to you? Yeah, and then my wife has told me that when I'm walking by a pole or something that I tap it three times. Do you really? I, I didn't realize that. But, uh, you know, maybe maybe I need to skip staff meeting and we need to counsel each other, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Call them up right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, That's interesting. Uh, yeah, but I'm always thought more OCD than superstitious. But yeah. I'm agreeing that they're they're very. Close. I think there's some uh, really, uh, you know, my instance as a child in the bathroom that was both mm-hmm. AC, OCD that turned into right. superstition. Yes. I think, uh-huh. and uh, uh, maybe uh, people with obsessive compulsive disorders, mm-hmm. for those who don't know what OCD is, right, yeah. uh, would uh, tend to be more superstitious mm-hmm. in that respect. Yeah, they're, they're they're close cousins, evidently. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, let's let's tackle the last one. Okay. How much do we have control over the direction of our lives? Can we blame our physical, or our financial, or even our spiritual condition on just fate? And another way to put that, Brother T, is this just a and, and the reason I'm saying it this way because I have heard it so mm-hmm. many times. You know, this is just the hand I've been dealt. Yeah, 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 and and then. You know, that guy, he's got it made. He was born with a silver spoon in his mouth. Right. Or like Barry Switzer, that old coach. He said there are people uh, who are born on third, and they go through life thinking they hit a triple, you know. it's <laughs> <laughs> a great way to put it. Yeah. yeah. I like it. And, and, and uh. so, um, but, you know, you look at it, and I did a little research this morning. 79% of millionaires uh, did not receive an inheritance. The first generation. The, yes, exactly. And only three received an inheritance of 3% of one million or more. Mm. And and what Dave Ramsey in his research said that eight out of 10 millionaires came from families that were below middle income level. And so uh, they went above and beyond the hand that they were dealt. Yeah, yes. they lifted themselves out they of did. poverty to some degree. Mm-hmm. And I, I think... Uh, I. I do not have the statistics as down as you do there, but I've heard also that uh, that fortune is gone in the majority of the cases mm. by the end of the second generation. Yes, yes. And that both says the first generation worked hard, mm-hmm. got educated, mm-hmm. or you know made wise decisions, and I, I would hope maybe uh, you know decisions that they trusted God mm-hmm. with, or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. and then the next generation that it, that accepted that inheritance 
them. Not. Yeah, it was just handed to them. It's just handed to them. Right. We, we know all the stories about mm-hmm. people who win the lottery and buy a house, and within mm-hmm. three years they're filing for bankruptcy. They lost their kids and their spouse, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they're in horrible shape. And their dog hates them. Yeah. And their dog, yeah. which yeah. is the worst. Right. Worst. <laughs> so, exactly. you know, and, and that's... Um, I think there's so much to be said for personal responsibility. Mm -hmm. Now, that being said as well, God can override those things sometimes for his purposes. And I would say as a um, person who teaches the Bible, for his glory. Mm -hmm. You know, that's pretty much what he said about the uh, man born blind. He said neither of those things. It wasn't because he sinned or his Mm -hmm. parents sinned but that God's works might be manifest Mm -hmm. in him. In other words, that God might be glorified to him. Mm -hmm. He was here for a purpose. His life has a purpose. Mm -hmm. But really, all of us are marred in one way or another, Mm -hmm. right? We Mm -hmm. may not have physical blindness, but we got a lot of things going on in our life. So when God overcomes those things in our life, it's not so that we can say, well, look at us. And you know, the Bible says that, that we are to let our light shine before others so that what God right. can be seen in mm-hmm. us, that he can be glorified, not us and <clears throat> exactly. our deeds, but that he did that in us. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, there is personal responsibility for accepting the right way, for looking for the right way. I'll, I'll repeat again my definition of success. It is finding and doing the unique purpose of God in my life and helping others to do the same. Right. And I was preaching Sunday, Tony, at Dallas Bay, my old church. And um, I, I just had an epiphany recently that I really think that my mission right now as a teacher, a preacher, is to be an encourager. Mm. To go out there. I really see that right now because so much is discouraging in the mm-hmm. world. And I have so many people talking, what do we do now with this going on? What do we do now? Nothing's changed, mm-hmm. Brother T. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Always, if you keep your eye on the circumstances around you and allow yourself to be affected so much that it brings you down, mm-hmm. then you your biggest problem is, as your old worship pastor mm-hmm. said in our service, he said, let's all sing, put your eyes on Jesus. Mm-hmm. Look full in his wonderful face. Yes. And the things of this world shall grow strangely dim mm. in the sight of his glory and grace, Amen. right? So you yeah. do that, mm-hmm. you're okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can lift yourself. Really, I don't. I hate to say lift yourself, but in effect, it looks like you're lifted up mm-hmm. while the whole time you're holding on mm-hmm. to God as he lifted you up. Mm-hmm. As my dad was happy mm-hmm. to say, was he saying, mm-hmm. my dear departed dad, he had a reach way on down for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was lost and undone without mm. God or his son mm-hmm. when he reached way on down Sing for me. It may look yes, like you'd yes, be lifted yes. up yourself, but you're right. really not. Yeah. But you are allowing yourself mm-hmm. to be placed in the hands of the one who can lift yeah. you well, up. Well, I mean, David encouraged himself in the Lord, it says. That's and exactly so, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 exactly that's exactly right, and I love that. This has been a great subject. Yeah, it's very yeah. interesting. Yeah. I I don't ever know when we get started on these things, whether or not. But you know, once you start talking it out, brother, yeah, it's good stuff. It is good stuff. I've already picked next week. Oh, have you really? Oh, my son. The importance of friendship. Oh, I like that. You like that? I do like that. I, it's something I'm learning mm-hmm. in my uh, years after being full time, right. surrounded by people. Mm-hmm. And no longer surrounded by people. Mm. And then you begin to cherish those people that are important to you. Oh, man. That's good, brother. Yeah. You all right with that one? I'm, I like that. All I right. actually like that. I may actually know something about that. <laughs> you might. You <laughs> might do. And I hope men and women listen to that one because I think yeah. women have a, a handle on that better than we do as men. I agree. I agree. But I, I'd like, yeah. I hope both the fair sex and we as well mm. listen yeah. to that one. I already can't wait. I'm excited. Good. Yeah, I'm excited. 
I appreciate you. I know you had to make some time in your busy schedule this yes. week to uh, be in here. I appreciate you carving out a little time for the podcast. Always a lot of fun. And I'm glad you guys did as well that are listening to this podcast. Hey, uh, I'm going to be honest with you right now. Uh, we've, we've gotten a good number. We kind of plateaued at a good number. Mm. And uh, we need folks to go out there and review us and rate us and then share us with their friends if they want us to continue on. You know, it's like we preachers, if our crowd didn't grow, we just moved to another church. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't make us do that. We love doing this. You know, we're always kid. But uh, appreciate you guys tuning in. Please uh, let us know if you enjoy it. And uh, send us questions. We'd love to get your questions. God bless. Have a great week. God bless.